Welcome to the Mpoiko HR Podcast. I'm Rob Wilson, President of Mpoiko. With me is my brother and partner, Scott. Hello. And Jason Eisenhardt, our Vice President of HR. Hi, everyone. Nikki Navarro, of course, working the board, making everybody sound good as usual. Thanks, Nikki. So today we've got a, a, a special guest. We wanted to talk about trade shows as we're, uh, you know, in the past, the fall is the trade show season, but it's really been every week's the trade show season this year. So uh, joining us this week is uh, Rob West, Vice President of Operations for Showlink. Thank you for having me. So it's an uh, exciting time uh, for trade shows. It's really made a big recovery this this year when you look at uh you know, March of 20 and the, the the best example of the industry went from having a record year to going to zero. It was a long recovery of up and down in 21, but uh, 22, you guys, your industry certainly has been on fire. Yeah, we've started off uh, where we left off. Basically, uh, everything is coming back and we started right in actually in August of 21. Everything started to pick back up. And by the time we got to January, it was full throttle from there. We We just started going and never looked back until the summertime where we got a little bit of a break. Yeah, it was interesting the end of uh, the beginning of this year, kind of you had that Omicron, Brand, you know, yeah, did you and you, you saw some, some cities or some areas where you had some people cancel, but uh, for the most part, the industry recovered pretty quickly this year. It did. It did. It seems like everybody was ready to get back out there. Um, just watching what the, what the shows started to look like at the very beginning, there weren't as many exhibitors that were out there, or I should say attendees that were out there, not the exhibitors, but, uh, and it, as the year progressed, it seems we're seeing more and more attendees come to the shows again. I think they were still a little bit hesitant to send people out of their offices, but as things kind of progressed as we went, we noticed that the shows were filling up faster and faster. And just when we started out, a lot of the booths were smaller, because they didn't really know what to expect. But now as they've seen what's going on, it seems like everybody's putting it back forward, uh, the larger booths and whatnot. Yeah, and I, we've had our fair share of uh, attending and being part of virtual trade shows, and those are terrible. Yeah. You have to be in person. There's yep. nothing better than having an actual trade show where you're in person, you get to see people. And, and COVID did prove that, that it, vir- virtual yeah. trade shows don't work. No, it was a great try. It right. was a great idea, <laughs> yeah. but everybody kind of sat effort. back at the end of it and went, no, thanks. You we know, and back when you look at the end of 20, you know, we were going to EDPA. I think it was, I don't even know where I was. I think it was in Texas for the winter conference. And uh, I was exposed to a family member that had COVID. So back then, you know, I didn't have it, but because I was, I couldn't go. So I was virtually on the panel and ended up half the panel were all virtual. And wow. I think they had they had like 80 people come wow. to the conference, wow. but, uh, you know, we've, we exhibited in a couple of virtual things and it, it just, yeah, not you know, good. It, it didn't work. Do you, do you, are you finding it's still hard to find, like a lot of the workers left the industry, like the trades people are, or are we pretty good with on labor force now? And nation nationwide, we're seeing a lot of them come back. I think they were hesitant to come back because a lot of people had gone out and got that 40 hour a job, uh, a, mm. a 40 hour a week job. Sorry. And now they're seeing that the trade shows are coming back. So we're starting to fill those leads, excuse me, fill those leads a little bit quicker, fill the regular general labor calls. We've, we've had labor calls well over a hundred, a handful of times at this point. So. um, Cause that was the concern early on was, you know, you're a teamster in Las Vegas and trade shows are shut down. So you're working in another industry or you're a carpenter in another city. You, you end up in a construction job that's yeah. you know, yeah. uh, or retire. Yeah. yeah or, right. Or retire. And, uh, are you going to come back? But, uh, the industry's going very, very strong right now. 
It is. And I, I think what's happened as we've progressed throughout the year, too, is at the beginning of the year, um, the clientele base that we have was a little more forgiving because they understood that once we got out to the floor, the labor pool wasn't there just yet. Just like in their own offices, they were struggling to get things out there. <clears throat> but as the uh, as the years progressed, I think the demand for the good labor has come back. The clients are definitely watching more to make sure that their budgets are being met. They're not as forgiving as they were. So that's that demand is creating more of a demand for our managers to make sure we're providing the right labor out there in the field. Hmm. So, so Showlink's a national company. Uh, so you guys right. are all over the all over the country. Are you seeing uh, some cities? So I guess a twofold question. Are you seeing some cities more active or trade shows have come back stronger and are some cities easier to work in than others? Um, the first the first question uh, we do. Obviously, Vegas. Vegas has been running strong ever since everything started back up and we're doing right. we're, we're our numbers are increasing out there daily we're looking at a great year this year um next year we're we're going to surpass those numbers hopefully especially with con expo being out there um we have a large presence on that show sure so um what i what i see where it's easier to work is a lot of the southern states seem to be a little bit easier still at this point the the texas region we can move people around as we need to and they can go in and, and do what they need to do um orlando has done real well we've done we've done quite a bit of work back down there so some of the some of the cities that have a little bit looser of, of a grip on the unions that are in there and whatnot that let that allow them to work that might not have the full labor force that allow extra people to work in there. Um, we're seeing an, an increase in those cities. So, and then Chicago, you've got a couple of really big shows uh, happening very quickly this mm-hmm. this fall, which would be good because Chicago was a bit of a slower compared to Las Vegas and Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you look at, you know, a uh, little more handcuffed with the COVID recovery. All here the regulations and, and, and all everything. Regulations, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. With IMTS and PAC and whatnot coming in, it's, we're gearing up for IMTS for next week. Right. So we've got quite a presence on that one as well. Um, we're really excited to see that one, but yeah, the, the beginning of the year for, for Showlink at least at, is, is usually slow because we're not in the automotive section as much. Mm-hmm. We don't really right. see those. So we don't really kick our year off until February, March when we start in to Chicago. see it. Yeah. Right. Um, I know a lot of others are already going because of the auto shows and whatnot. But, but uh, for us, it's a little bit slower. But then once it kicks off, um, we've gotten our team back together, the, our management team where we just had a city manager running it. Now we've got our assistant manager back on. Um, we've got payroll help. We've got other things. So. Uh, we see the revenue coming back in and especially for the rest of this year and then starting into next year, we're, we're geared up for it. Yeah. How hard was it this year uh, doubling up on so many shows? Because what you saw, you know, for example, exhibitor show this year was in June because someone else took the dates in, in March and you had so many shows that were canceled that were just getting back. Couldn't get their initial dates just to get them on the calendar. So, right. Was that a big challenge for you guys having shows nonstop doubled up all over the country? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we have a, a good core of support uh, personnel that we can send to different shows, and we you know we work together through the different cities. But it was really hard to tell what shows were coming up because we don't always get that information. So with I, I figure this year, what we're looking at is a lot of the shows like we just discussed are moving around and have changed their dates. And we don't necessarily have that information until we start seeing jobs on them from our members. So once we see that, we can say, ah, that this show's is coming to happen. So, yeah. <laughs> and then we get ready and we gear up. But yeah, it's been, it has definitely been a challenge. Um, but 
like I say, we will support if we need to out there on the field. And, right. and we definitely need to this year to make sure that everybody gets back on track. Right. With the doubling up this year, I would imagine next year in 23, you should be back to more of a normal cadence of a trade show schedule. Yeah, I would think. From my end, that's what I'm hoping happens. Right. So we can really win. gauge, you know, when we're coming up with budgeting and whatnot, we have, it's, it was really hard for 22 to try to figure out what really was going to happen. So 23, hopefully we can really sit back and see the shows and know what shows are going to come. And, and and I would think for the unions, too, just the labor aspect of you're doing all these back-to-back-to-back shows and with shortages and everything, I couldn't imagine the logistics and that, trying to line up people working. Yeah, right. I, I think people are really, you know, when you talk to some of the different industry people around, they, you know, they're just they're working a ton of hours, but they're just happy to be happy working after, after such a, you know, a long layoff on, on the COVID side. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's good to see some of the unions are opening up. Um, so for trainees and apprentices now. So mm-hmm. I think that they finally said, Hey, we've got to, we've got to get some training going and get some new people in because they did lose a lot of people. A lot of people that were kind of on yeah. the borderline of retiring said, well, yeah. you know what? I'm, I think I'm done. And you've seen that across the uh, a variety of industries. We look at the Chicago Police Department, people, mm-hmm. how many... And 2,000 openings. And how many people, your senior guys have just said, you know what, COVID, post-COVID, I'm uh, you know, I'm 60 or whatever. I've got a pension. I'm I'm done. And right. I'm not going to... Uh, uh, I'm gonna, and unfortunately, you lose so much experience from the older members that are, that are retiring and you know, that would typically be... Uh, mentor for uh, for the younger generation. You do, but uh, you know, I looked at it also that way, but a, a different way is as we were going through the motions of the past few years and and really watching a lot of the labor force. And if you look nationwide, you notice a lot of the labor force was getting older. Yeah. So with them retiring, it really kind of set gave us a reset, a way to bring in new fresh blood. Hmm. and train them the way we want to. That's kind of how I talked to our city managers. said, you've got an opportunity you probably never get again because a lot of these city managers walked in and had crews that were already there and had their way of doing things. Now, those city managers that we have, which we we kept all of our city managers, they can actually go and get new people in and train them exactly how they want to as we continue to grow in the revenues. So they're not starting off at, three million dollars they're starting off at you know let's say just one i'm just throwing out a number but they have an opportunity to take those people and actually get on the booth with them and show them what they want to do you know That's how great. they want the job yeah. run and when yeah. when you look at you know so many of the unions have great training when you look at i was down uh, earlier this spring and saw jc down in uh, miami with uh, they've got they built out a great training center and you look at the teamsters and and look at the carpenters in las vegas they've mm-hmm. got they've really and invested, their facilities are impressive they've invested yeah. in in yeah. good training centers so they want to they know that they need to provide uh, well-trained members yeah in southern california i think they're doing it uh this week or next week they're opening up the apprentice hall as well so uh crystal ball time so Mm -hmm. the uh so when you look at we did a podcast on recession and stagflation and when you look at the the statistics you know you're theoretically and and now the government's saying yeah maybe you're going to have they're calling it a slowdown not a recession but uh the industry typically in the past is as we've been at this now for a long time and, and you guys is as well. Mm-hmm. So 2009 and 10 trade show industry was kind of the last to get hit because people are pre-buying, but you're also the kind of one of the last to recover as right. with advance. 
So what are you seeing uh, across the industry? Are, are people can you know, when you look at 23 and 24, are people concerned for a recession? Or are you seeing it still people want to get back out and hit trade shows or? So I have not heard a lot of people that who are who are concerned about the recession that's coming up. I mean, they know that prices are going to increase in materials and the transportation and things along those lines. I think it's more of the fact that everybody was ready to get back out and they're not going to stop because they want to get their products back out there. Uh, talking with various people, our various members, uh, other people in the industry, there's a lot of big projects that are out there for 2023 that they're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I definitely think unless and I, I don't even want to say this, but unless something really does go backwards with this, I think we'll continue to move forward. You know, when you look at uh, the back at uh, 2007, 8, 9, 10, that crash was, you know, it was all, it was a financial market that was yep. pretty, pretty deep. They're, they're not projecting anything like that, but who knows what is going to happen. But I uh, would think everyone's still bullish on, on trade shows, especially coming off of COVID, knowing that the virtual side just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, that's why I go back to what I said earlier is that they gave us a little leeway at the beginning, but now people are really, really honing in on those budgets to make sure that they're met. So it's our responsibility out there on the show floor to make sure that they're they're we're keeping it where they need to be to keep them coming back. Because if if it starts going way over or things really do cost too much, they're going to start pulling back a little bit. We don't want to see that. So uh, one last topic, because uh, I try to be cognizant of, of our time. So inflation, are you seeing a, a lot of collective bargaining agreements? were renewed this year and yes. you saw some decent increases, but a lot of them were frozen over a couple of years, but with inflation at eight, 9%, are you seeing a lot of your costs go up? Uh, and obviously you have to pass that on to your exhibitors. Yeah, we do. We have, um, they did, they, they, they have, they, as you said, they held themselves for a couple of years, which was great. We really appreciate it. Kept everybody afloat. Um, so we're actually watching what we, what we tend to watch because show links a little bit different. Um, in the way that we charge our clients. So we, when we see that the, I think there were, tw- there are 12 um, bargaining agreements that are being signed this year, if I'm not mistaken, okay. nationwide. And we, a couple of them are a little bit higher than we expected that they're asking for. So we're hoping that they, they come down a little bit, but they've stretched it out over a, a handful of year, you know, five-year plans and whatnot, five-year bargaining agreements. Um, but we've had to increase. We look at it. We, we know what our margins need to be and where we need to fall. So as it's gone up, I think everybody understands what's going on. They understand that the rates were frozen and it's time that we have to increase. Um, it even goes into the materials costs uh, when we're out there on the show floor. We had sure. to relook at those because all the plastics and whatnot, that, those prices have increased quite a bit. So right. we had to go back and look line by line and see where we were and try to make sure that we, we didn't go too far with raising prices, but we kept it modest at best, let's say. Right, you can't lose money because of the price increases. Right. Yeah, I mean that's you even look at shipping costs. I mean that's something we've been dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know the cost of shipping. It's yeah, we just raised road. our we just raised our shipping on payroll, our FedEx, and that and for, the for the first, first time, time in I don't know maybe ever. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. when you yes, we started looking at uh, in your know, postage, it's sixty cents now to send a letter or mm-hmm. a paycheck in the mail. You know, so the days of twenty five, thirty cents, and it it all adds up when uh, you know you're charging a client thirteen dollars or fourteen dollars, and you're paying you know thirty, forty dollars, yeah, thousands a week, right? You know, in postage, yeah. Unfortunately, so I don't see that uh, you know the inflation side. You know, it's 
still hovering eight or nine. I don't think you're going to see some any big changes over the next couple of months. No. Yep. So. And I'll throw Jason a, a, a plug on this. I actually read that one, uh, the newsletter that you put out. Well, not actually. I read them all. But <laughs> I, I paid attention all the way through, and I saw if you have direct deposit, you can do it uh, right. paperless, and that you don't have to have it. So yeah. I'm actually going to sign up for that. I didn't Sounds know that good. that existed. So yeah. Yeah. that's a great idea. Good. Yep. And when we love the direct deposit, especially when you look on whether it's the trade show floor or not, because so many times, you know, you've got that employee that maybe is leaving mm-hmm. and they, they have the live check, they lose the check, but maybe they don't lose the check. They end up cashing it at a currency exchange and then you, they get paid twice. Right. Right. So, right. but, uh, uh, and everyone it's, you know, direct deposit, it's instant. So. It's, it's the future. It's the way Pre- to go. It's the present sure, and the right? future now. Yeah. yeah. But uh, well, Rob, we really appreciate you being a yes, guest thank on, you, the, on the show and, and talking about uh, the state of trade shows and future trade shows. So uh, glad to hear the uh, the industry's bullish on the future. Yep. And well, any questions, comments, uh, they can send it to HR at Employco, that'll hit Jason, or info at Employco. That'll hit myself and uh, Nikki Navarro are uh, working the board, so we get the info uh, email. But any suggestions, questions, send them our way. Recently engaged. Yeah, Nikki congratulations. Navarro. Congratulations. And right. I don't know if we mentioned that in the last podcast, but it just, uh, it just happened recently. So. Yeah. If you'd like to call Nick Navarro, it's 773. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Have a good day.